Our next question for today is 586. What does the phrase, who art in heaven, mean? This biblical expression does not indicate a place, but a way of being. God transcends everything. The expression refers to the majesty, the holiness of God, and also to his presence in the hearts of the just. Heaven, or the Father's house, constitutes our true homeland towards which we are moving in hope while we are still on earth. Hidden with Christ in God, Colossians chapter 3, verse 3, we live already in this homeland. For my personal reflection, today I'll cover questions 585 and 586. The Our Father is a prayer of unity, unity of faith for all reborn in baptism who have been adopted into God's family within the sacramental church. And we need to leave behind humbly our individual interpretations of our faith and seek fervently for unity with fellow believers of all denominations. For we have to pray for Christian unity. As we are aware, even in the very early times of Christianity, there were so many divisions. But while the faithful were still united within the apostolic hierarchy until the 11th century, they overlooked all those divisions and they stayed together until the 11th century. And then because of political reasons, especially due to religious wars and other worldly reasons, not theological reasons. Uh, there's very minor differences in theology. The church experienced uh, the permanent split of the Eastern Rite and the Latin Rite West in uh, 1054. So further in the 1500s with Martin Luther who found there was many corrupt practices within the church. And instead of staying within the church and reforming the church, he was, uh, you know, he was not able to do that. He was not able to be obedient to the hierarchy. He left the church and we have the rise of Protestants and then the Reformation in England with Henry VIII. And so we have, after that, so many numerous divisions within the Protestant churches and the Reformed churches. And so there are so many divisions introduced within the Christian family. And today we have thousands of divisions and uh, within especially the Protestant community. And then you have the Eastern Church and the Latin Rite Church. So when we pray Our Father, the Our in the Our Father, we are praying with and for all those who, are, uh, who, those who call God their Father, including those who are yet to believe in God. It could be atheists or people of other faith who are not yet coming to faith in God as the Holy Trinity as revealed to us by Jesus. We are praying in union with all of them. We are praying with and for unbelievers and we are seeking a future unity of faith and fellowship with them. I'd like to read paragraphs 2792 and 2797 from the Catechism. If we pray the Our Father sincerely, we leave behind individualism because the love that we receive frees us from it. 
the hour at the beginning of the Lord's Prayer, like the us of the last four petitions, excludes no one. If we are to say it truthfully, our divisions and oppositions have to be overcome. The baptized cannot pray to our Father without bringing before Him all those for whom He gave this prayer, uh, gave His beloved Son. God's love has no bounds, neither should our prayers. Praying our Father opens to us the dimensions of His love revealed in Christ, praying with and for all who do not yet know Him, so that Christ may gather into one the children of God. God's care for all men and for the whole of creation has inspired all the great practitioners of prayer. It should extend our prayer to the full breadth of love whenever we dare to say, Our Father. If we see the words of the Our Father, there is nothing in it that a person of another faith may find objectionable to pray because it is praying to God, our Creator, who is our Father. Next, who art in heaven. God resides in the hearts of the just and the hearts of those who love him and who welcome him. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit and God dwells in within our heart. And where God dwells, there is heaven. We know when we pray to the Holy Spirit, we are also praying to the Father and the Son because the three persons of the Holy Trinity are inseparable and indivisible. Heaven is our final destiny, but we can begin to live heaven on earth when we allow God to raise us to heaven by giving him entrance into our hearts through prayer and through participation in Holy Mass. We knock at the door of heaven and are welcomed in by the heavenly host to join them in worshipping God. And so we begin to live heaven here on earth. Christ has brought heaven on earth for us. He inaugurated the kingdom of heaven here on earth within our hearts, within us. God resides among us. His kingdom has united heaven and earth once and for all. He has reconciled us with God and we are citizens of this heavenly kingdom. We do not belong to this world. We belong to a different city, the city of God, the heavenly kingdom. So we will um, live lives that prioritizes the things of heaven over the things of this world. We will not know how to do this if we do not pray daily. And soak our entire being, our body, mind and spirit in God. This requires faith and love and a desire for unity of faith. And a conscious decision to look for those things that unite us as believers and focusing on them in our conversations and interactions with others rather than focusing on those things that divide us. Of course, we have to have healthy uh, debates on different topics, but they must always be done with the intention of bringing us to unity of faith. In John chapter 17, Jesus prays for the church. And in conclusion, I'd like to read from John chapter 
17 verse 9 onwards Jesus is prayer for the church this is what Jesus says I'm praying for them I'm not praying for the world but for those whom you have given me for they are yours all mine are yours and yours are mine and I am glorified in them we have to see is God glorified in us in our actions in our way of thinking in our words in how we live our lives and now I'm more in the world uh, uh, and now I'm no more in the world but they are in the world this was right before his passion and his resurrection and I'm coming to you Holy Father, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and none of them is lost but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in them. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself, that they also may be consecrated in truth. I do not pray for these only, but also for those who believe in me through their word, that they may all be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So may we strive to be of one mind and one heart in Christ so that the world may believe that Christ indeed came down from heaven to reveal God and God's plan for us and that he is the second person of the Holy Trinity and that he gave us the Holy Spirit and he reconciled us with our Heavenly Father. The world will only believe this if we are united in faith. And so we have a big obligation on our, uh, on our hands to uh, live out this unity of faith. That's my reflection for today. I hope you have a blessed day, everyone. And thank you for listening.